Question number three, introvert or extrovert? There's a big question. (laughs) A big extrovert with a big E. And I get my energy and joy out of people and meeting new people and old friends, etc. Who was that? I'm excited to introduce you to a wonderful friend and colleague of mine, executive recruiter Sharon Majin. Not only is Sharon high energy and a lot of fun to hang out with, but she's also a highly respected and successful executive recruiter. So I figured that Sharon is the perfect person to share with us her expertise on do's and don'ts for job seekers. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 107, where we're focusing on communication skills for job seekers with executive recruiter Sharon Ma Jin. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk and I'm your communication coach. If you're an ambitious executive with a growth mindset who's looking to advance your career, well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like confidence, networking, and demonstrating leadership. If you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find many, many resources to help you, including the new online course on personal branding, as well as one-on-one coaching, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly email newsletter. Please go sign up for that newsletter if you haven't already. You can think of it as free communication skills coaching, and you can find all of this at talkabouttalk.com. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with executive recruiter Sharon Ma Jin, where we discuss the various do's and don'ts to help you on your job searching journey. Keep listening for valuable insights from Sharon on things like how to kick off your job search, the most common mistakes that people make, how and when to leverage recruiters in your job search, and importantly, what exactly companies are looking for in job candidates. As always, you don't need to take notes because I do that for you. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. Are you doing housework? Going for a walk? Are you in the car? Well, you don't need to stop to take notes because I do that for you. At the end of the episode, I provide a summary of some of the most important points from our conversation. And if you go to the show notes, you'll also find the summary there. Okay, let me introduce Sharon Majin. This is Sharon's third time on Talk About Talk. You can hear her in episodes 45 and 67, where in both episodes, she shares her advice on networking. This is relevant for all of us, whether we're actively seeking a new job or not. If you go to the show notes for this episode, you'll find links to both of those episodes there. All right, Sharon Majin earned her commerce degree from Queens, and she's a CPA and a CA. She worked in auditing and as a controller before switching into executive search in 1996 when she started at Corn Ferry International. She's now an independent executive recruiter, having successfully completed engagements in all functional areas, including sales, marketing, operations, HR, general management, and financial. Sharon has also served on several boards, and she's now working with the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards program. To keep her out of trouble in her spare time, Sharon is an active skier, a hiker, and she's completed several half marathons. Yes, as you heard a minute ago, Sharon has a ton of energy and it's infectious. Thank you, Sharon, for joining us here today to talk about communication skills for job seekers. 
Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here today, Andrea. Although we've narrowed it down to the job-seeking process, it's actually pretty broad, right? Uh, There's a lot of things that job-seekers need to be thinking about. And so I thought, why don't we just attack this chronologically? What is the first thing that job-seekers should do when they start their job search? Great way to approach it, Andrea. The number one thing that I always ask job-seekers is, what is it that you're looking for? And then from there, what's your brand? What makes you different and unique to get to that end result? So you always start with, what do you want to be doing? What sorts of jobs are you looking for? Do you do you want to take a step back? Do you want to grow your career? Um, do you want to change your career? So start with that end goal or that dream or that vision, and then let's work backwards on okay. how we brand and communicate that in order to achieve that dream, goal, or vision. Oh, you said the magic word brand. But before we get into that, you said begin by thinking about what your goal or what your vision is. And so how can job seekers really think about what what the goal or the vision is? So I'm going to really tailor my comments more to more senior level people versus it's very different conversation if we're talking with people who are just starting off their career, fresh out of university. So I'm going to really tailor it more towards that VP, C-level, et cetera. When I say that end goal, for example, let's talk about a CFO search. I'm currently working on a CFO search. So if that CFO, is he sort of end of his career? Does he looking for that next step up role? Does he want to work part time? global, et cetera. So one of the ways to do this is that if you're sort of at that director VP, you want to sort of say, what's the next job I want to take me to that next level of growth? It might be getting global experience. It might be dealing with analysts. If you're maybe capital raising. So let's talk about that first. And then from there, you know, what sorts of roles are we going to be looking for to help me get those skills? Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. So you begin with the end in mind. I often uh, coach people and, and I try to do that myself, actually. Begin with the end in mind and then you draw out your path. Is there a general sequence of tasks that job seekers should cover off? So you, you define what your end goal is. You think a little bit about your, about your brand, which we'll talk about in a minute. But is there a sequence of an order of operations here in order to attain that dream job? Absolutely. High level, it's that end goal, vision, dream. And then from there, it would be a matter of, okay, let's look at my current skill sets. And you can do that. This goes back to that whole branding. You can get feedback from your friends, from from colleagues, et cetera. What do you see as my strong skill sets? What do you see as my areas of growth, et cetera, to get some feedback, to create that brand, which is so critical because when you're going after that job, there are going to be many people who may be looking for that role. And you've got to really think about what makes you unique, what makes you different in terms of why should you be the one for that role? Yeah. Music to my to my ears, Sharon. As we say, unique is better than better, right? <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. And I'm constantly saying that to potential candidates, like you're giving me motherhood. What make like you're just giving me mo- every CFO will tell me that they're a people leader or that I do external finance reporting. What makes you unique and what's relevant for, yes. in this role? Yes. Music to my ears too, Andrew. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're beating to the same drum here. Okay, Absolutely. so so then you start to formulate what your personal brand is. And then what do you do? Like, I feel like I'd be like, okay, I know what I want and I know who I am. Right. Now what? Okay. Like, should there should they be contacting you? Should they be updating their LinkedIn? Yes, What's absolutely. Order? So the, the number one thing I'm going to say is executive search firms, we're like, and if you go through outplacement firms, they'll tell you, we are 1% of your search strategy. The true way of finding that next role is another magical word for you and I, Andrea, is networking. Right. Like, I mean, a lot of us in executive search, we might do 20 or 30 searches a year. So think about that. It's only 20 or 30 people. So because we work at the senior level, you go through a board, you know, they're, they're, they take a while. So number one, you absolutely should let search firms know because, you know, you could be that lucky one person. But the real way from a job search is working your network. And that means getting out there. That means attending events. We did a great podcast on networking that people can listen to, Andrea, right? But again, it's just as as a quick reminder, is getting out there to events. Events are happening. And that's where communicating your brand is going to be really important at these cocktail parties. Don't waste the opportunities. Sending out emails to your warm network. And don't, remember we talked about this, the subject line. Don't waste like looking for a job. It should be, you know, CFO, global, you know, looking for, you know, use that as your branding statement, right? right? And then with your pitch, you know what I mean? Your elevator pitch, for lack of a better word. Again, in the format of an email, not as an attachment, because everybody reads those emails, you know, on their phone. And it's a pain in the butt. But I have to open up to the cover letter and also the resume, right? That is a great point. Put it yes. right into the email. Yes. Make it easy for people to help you. Whether it's the recruiter or, you know, your network. The friend or the network or the acquaintance. And that, well, we can talk about pet peeves later, but that is one of my biggest pet peeves. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We we love people that make things easy for us, right? I I totally get that. I'm going to say it again. Make it. People generally are kind and generous and do want to help. True. But you have to make it easy for them. Like yes. to state, I'm just looking for a job. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. And, you know, and if you have target companies that you sit and you know, some companies I'm targeting are, you know, IBM or Point Click Care, or, you know, like that's even more helpful because then it helps people go, oh, I know somebody who works at those companies versus just saying healthcare. That's so a great mo- point. Yes. And again, I can't emphasize that because to say that I'm a CFO looking for my next role, what, well, what industry? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to find your function. It's finance, but what about industry? Right. You know? So yeah. if you can say I'm a global CFO with external capital raising, M&A experience, you know, currently looking for my next role because I was just reorganized out. What I'm targeting are technology companies like think research or point click care or whatever. Yeah. Much more I, impactful. I think you've just actually articulated a really nice template. So thank you. I, I will yeah, I'll summarize that at the in the end uh and also in the show notes. I really, I really think people are going to find that helpful. And it it again links back to your personal brand. So, so we've got define what your end goal or vision is. We've got articulating what your unique proposition is in terms of your personal brand. And we've got get out, get out and network and 
of course, talk to recruiters, but more so talk to friends, family, colleagues, everybody. And then using this beautiful template that you just articulated. To make it easy for people to help you. Yeah. I keep saying it. Yeah. What about LinkedIn? How does LinkedIn fit in there? Really critical. I would tell you that every single recruiter I know, whether it's in-house or external recruiters, they all go to LinkedIn at the very beginning to do a search to sort of say, okay, if I'm looking for a board person or a C-level, whatever, almost guarantee you everybody is using LinkedIn. So it's really important that you have it updated, that it's professional, that it's clear on your branding statement, and more importantly, that you have the right keywords so that you're found in the searches. Yes. Right? I I had one incident where I had a candidate who's looking for digital marketing. And I said, let's look at your LinkedIn. Nowhere in your LinkedIn is the word digital marketing. Yeah. And she didn't realize it was like an aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to be a little bit prescriptive here. I'm thinking if we were coaching this young woman, we would say, so you're not going to put it in your headline because you haven't done it yet, right. but you could put it in your about section. Like I am seeking this, right? Correct. Absolutely. We're not, if, if it is something you're aspiring to, then say yeah. that and use the words. Exactly. I'm for my next role or I am, or I am seeking Absolutely. Because as you and I discussed, underneath their name, they're going to have the keywords of who they are, right? Like whether it's the people that we've spoken with, we've done a really good job of that. You've helped them a lot with that. So a couple of people have asked me this. I'm wondering if you have an opinion. Mm -hmm. Underneath your headshot on LinkedIn, there's an opportunity that you can can have a little Uh, ring that says currently... Open for for work. Yeah, open for work. Yes. Do you recommend that people use that, or how do you? What do you think about that? That, that is a really interesting question. And like yeah. you, I've had mixed reactions too. At the higher level, more senior roles, I, I wouldn't advise it because I don't know. It just doesn't feel like, again. It goes back to that branding statement, right? Yeah. Like people may think it looks like it makes them look desperate, right? Yeah. But yeah. but then you could also argue saying, well, knowing when I see that as a recruit, I go, yes, I know they're going to be very warm and open to a conversation. Yeah. So the way I would answer that is it really depends on your own comfort level. It yep. goes back to what you said about your brand. It's really important, as you and I have discussed before, Andrea, that your brand is unique to you. It has to be relevant for the role. But more importantly, you have to own it. Right. Yeah. I love if, your point about more senior executives. It might make you look a little bit desperate because i that's what I heard from somebody who's you know a professional LinkedIn uh, trainer. And yet... I think about a week after I heard or read that, I saw on, there was a college student um, that was like a, a friend of one of my sons. And I saw that he had opened for work, looking for currently seeking a summer internship. He actually had that in his headline. And my immediate response was, good for him. Yes. Right. See, so, I would love it at that yeah. level. Love it. It's yeah. there. And I'm. Go- and that's exactly how I would respond. He's yeah. taking the initiative, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's really worked on it. It's clear. And I know he's available. And I know he's going to be open to a conversation. So later later on in your career, though, as you become more senior, you, I think you're right. It might make you appear a little bit desperate. Correct. Unless maybe you're coming back after a leave of absence for some reason, right? Yes. So there's like to your point, it depends on the context. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. I'd love to go through some do's and don'ts for different stages of our job search. So first of all, just to to finish off LinkedIn, 
I know once you told me that less than half of the people that you're placing or that you're checking out on LinkedIn actually have an impressive profile. So completing it is like a big do and not completing it is a big don't. Is there and and then using the keywords as you said, is there anything yes. else any other advice for do's and don'ts? Well, I mean, that's where you can let your personality come out a little bit more, right? Because unlike a resume, which is more of a formal document, that about section is so critical because that's where you can let, you know, your let a little bit more of your personality come out. So I always say, if you can do that, and again, it goes back to that branding that we talked about. Definitely, you should list all your jobs chronologically. And ideally, for your most recent jobs, have at least a few key accomplishments. I know a lot of the senior executives just list their jobs and there's nothing under it. So I get you may not want to do it for all the jobs, but I would at least say for the last five years, yeah, have yeah. at least a few key accomplishments there. And I know, Sharon, because we've worked on, on this enough with executives, what is it that they should be sharing? My three golden rules is what you're referring to. Companies hire you for three things, whether you're my 20-year-old or, or my CEO who, who, who is making a million dollars. Companies hire because you're going to help them make money, save money, or help them solve an issue. Like, really think about that. Like, I yeah. mean, when you think about any job that you've applied to, when you've gotten hired, that person at the other end is going, yes he or she or they can help me with this and this. And it's usually in the context of making money, saving money, or helping them solve an issue. I think that is such an important insight for people that are job searching. Every line on their resume, which is the next thing I wanted to ask you about, right? It's more formal than the LinkedIn. And then, as you said, for at least the most recent few positions on their LinkedIn should be describing what they did, ideally in terms of those three things that you just said. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I look at a resume and I look and so for example, it might say managed a hundred people. Yeah. yeah. And I go, so what? So what? Yeah. Okay. So you manage people versus managed a hundred people, which I coached and mentored, and two of them are now in leadership roles. Yeah. Right. Impact. Demonstrating impact. Exactly. Or the one in terms of, you know, did a turnaround yeah. or an MA deal. Yeah. Five of them. Yes. So what? Be tough on yourself and say, so what to every bullet point you have on your resume when it comes to key accomplishments and finish the other half of that sentence. Again, it's about making money, saving money, helping solve an issue. Anything else in terms of the resume, do's and don'ts, maybe especially the biggest mistakes that you see people making with their resume? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Too wordy, where all I see is a bunch of words and I'm just inundated. We don't like functional resumes. We prefer chronological resumes. When you have a functional resume, you've broken it down by your areas of attributes. You're making me work too hard to understand your background. Most people like to start at the bottom where they go to school, any any interesting hobbies. Like you want to be ideally well, but interesting hobbies. Otherwise, you're just wasting words. Where did you go to school? What was your first job? And those, you don't need a lot of facts if you've worked for 20, again, at the senior levels. You know, the first, we just list them so that I can quickly go, okay, they graduated, they did this, I get it. Like say a farmer person, they did sales, they carried the bag, they became an account manager. And then as you now get into the management roles, then you want to see a little bit more 
the key accomplishments. And certainly in the last five years, you want to see a little bit more piece to that. So no more than two pages. Less words is, is better than yeah. too many words. Yeah. Keep it tight. Yeah. Keep it concise. The human brain can only usually process three key thoughts. Otherwise, after that, they just they forget. They lose uh, it. The power a, of three? The power. You got it. Yeah. And you did a wonderful podcast on that, Andrew. <laughs> so the power of three, I think, nicely aligns with what you said at the beginning about making it easy. Make it easy for recruiters. Make it easy for the people that you're networking with. Correct. So, okay. So moving on now to networking. And what about informational interviews? Do you have do's and don'ts about networking and specifically about... I know a lot of people that I know that have been on job searches recently said, step one for me is to do a bunch of informational interviews. So, I mean, information interviews typically are done through an introduction, right? Like it's hard to do cold call information interviews. Right. I, I, I find them helpful if you can really, again, it goes back to that networking reciprocality. Like, for example, sometimes I get a reach out going, hi, I don't know you, but I'm looking for a job. And yeah. I was wondering if you could have some time in the next week to have a discussion on the job market. Yeah. And, and frankly, <laughs> that makes me go nuts because... Yeah. You're, it's a cold call. Yeah. I don't know who you are. And you think I have nothing better to do than to sit there and talk about the job market with you. Are you not doing any of your own research? Are you not going... Like, There's a lot of resources out there. You, like, and you can Google anything and you can YouTube anything, right? So it's almost an insult versus someone that says, I was referred to you by Andrea. She speaks of you highly. I'm interested in going into executive search. Would you have 20 minutes that you can re- that I really yeah. just want to know about the key success factors and the failure factors uh, about a career in executive yep. search, yep. right? So I use your search. network to find people that you can do uh, informational interviews with. I really like that point. I agree. Again, you're also... It's it's the thing about respect and making it easy for the other person. I was thinking it's probably a friend of a friend or it could be fellow alumni, right? So maybe yes. the same high school or the same college or maybe even the same company, right? Like you right. both worked at the same company at some point. You could say... I'd really love to hear your experience as you transition to whatever, because I'm going to be doing the same thing. And then keep it short. Yes. Don't have to book an hour. And you say that, yeah, the power, 30 minute meetings, no more than 30 minutes, right, Andrea? Yeah. I applied that. You mentioned that to me before and, and you're absolutely right. It yeah. keeps the conversation tighter. And again, let's talk, go back to the power of LinkedIn. An excellent point. When you're doing those information interviews, so say I want to get to Andrea and someone's referred me. When I go and I look you up on LinkedIn, you will show me who my mutual connections are. And I can look at that and go, I want to get to speak to Andrea. And I notice that five of those people are really buddies of mine. So I'll contact them and say, I want to get to Andrea. And I notice that you're connected to her. How do you know her? That mutual connection section, right? Yep. That is invaluable in terms of warm introductions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people generally will love... And, and that's an easy ask. Can you please... you know, If you know the person well enough, can you please introduce me? Yeah. Correct. That's a great idea. Yeah. So let's move on to interviewing. I'm sure you've got all sorts of stories, right? About people that you've brought in for a client who's hiring and then the person messes it up in the interviews. Can you share some basic do's and don'ts for interviewing? I'm going to first start off with the power of even a simple thank you. Yeah, I am amazed at how many candidates who have done an interview don't write a thank you note. 
And it comes up when, for example, when I'm doing a debrief with a candidate and they said, well, Sharon, I wish I talked about this or I didn't, I could have clarified this. And I said, well, you have a second shot at it. And they go, what do you mean? I said, that's the power of the thank you note. In that thank you note that you're going to write, you thank them for their time. But then you also say, I just want to clarify or, oh, I hadn't thought of that, Sharon. Yeah, so number one. The power of just doing a thank you note, right? And then number two, obviously, I mean, these are basics, but preparing yourself for the interview, right? Get on their LinkedIn, check out who they are, see who the mutual connections are, you know, obviously review the company information, the position profile, go in prepared, have a few questions that, you know, do you have questions, but the expectations may be two or three. Right. Anything more than that, you're taking up too much time. Right. Watch the time. Usually they'll tell you if it's an hour, be respectful. Speaking of time, somebody told me once they, they were searching for a new job and this was the second round of interviews. Somebody had booked a 30 minute interview and she thought to herself, this is that meeting where if it's only 30 minutes, I know I didn't get the job. So when she herself is booking off time to be interviewed, even if they only say it's 30 minutes, she would give an hour because she said in her experience, when the interview is going well, yes. the person will extend it. Do you think that might be true? Yes, absolutely. Because I, I try not to book that tightly, like 30 minutes, 30 minutes on the top. Yeah. I yeah. try to allow myself a few minutes. And if I'm continuing, it's because I'm enjoying the conversation. Yeah. Right? So I think there is some truth to that. People do the 30 minutes so that that way you manage expectations. You won't feel, if I booked an hour and I knew you weren't going to be my candidate and I only give you 30 minutes, I personally, that may come across as rude. Yeah. Right. So you're better yeah. to say 30 minutes and then extend you know, and a lot of times I will say, do you have another 10 minutes or 15 minutes? So never book yourself that tight. Yeah, I that's guess. a nice insight. So so keep yourself open on the on the back end. Okay. Any other general do's and don'ts that you have, Sharon, for job seekers? There's just so many. So I'm just pet, trying how to about be, some pet peeves? I was going to say, I was going to try to be respectful of your time. And certainly I've shared stories with you over <laughs> the year um, on pet peeves. Okay, pet peeves for me are people who are job seeking who come to me and are very generic and have not prepped. They expect me to do everything for them. They don't, they can't tell me a branding statement. They can't communicate to me what they're looking for. Like you tell me you're a salesperson and nowhere in your resume is the word sales. Right. And I'm serious when I say that. (laughs) And they look at me going, oh, or, you know, um, (laughs) like, 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 I mean, what's your brand statement? And I keep, I'll say motherhood. You're just giving me motherhood. I'm a salesperson. Okay. One more. What's your differentiator? Why are you different? Why should I hire you? How are you going to help me make money? If you don't have those answers when I'm meeting you for a job, shame on you. Yeah. Then you're just wasting my time and your own time. So Sharon, it sounds like you're saying that if the person hasn't developed and articulated their personal brand, they're, they're making it really hard for themselves. They are. And you know what else? You only get one shot at it. Mm-hmm. And people are going to remember that. So you're at a cocktail. And as I, always, I often coach people, you're not clearing your brand. You Here are some things for you to think about. And I would ask, don't go out to the market. Don't go attend any events. Because people are going to ask, oh, I'm sorry to hear, but yeah, what are you looking for? If you can't articulate that, that's a wasted opportunity. Right. You know, our world is getting crazier and crazier with social media. We all know that between LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff. And you find that people, it's moving quickly and people want to help, but they want you to make it easy for them. They want to remember your brand. And if you cannot articulate that clearly, 
then you're just wasting everybody's yeah. time. Yeah. And I would say the advice that I would give to someone who was walking into one of those cocktail parties would be, as you said, what is the one thing you want them to remember about you? You don't want it to be, Andrea is looking for a job. You want it to be, Andrea would be awesome in a job where whatever, like whatever that unique thing is, yeah. right? So make as a communication coach, you know, as Andrea, that's extremely, you totally get it. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. I can't tell you, unfortunately, it's probably more often than the exception. So before we get to the five rapid fire questions, I just yeah. want you to clarify for everyone, because I know as I've gotten to know you very well over the last couple of years, it's become pretty crystal clear to me what the role is of executive recruiters in this process. But then I hear people talking about, I'm job seeking. So the first thing I'm going to do is reach out to a bunch of recruiters. And I'm like, uh. so can you just share with the listeners how they should be thinking about the role of executive recruiters and maybe some do's and don'ts? And maybe there are different types of recruiters. Just give us a quick summary. Okay. Again, I'm talking at the senior levels. Okay. Yep. Like yep. I'm talking about retained search. We are 1% of your search strategy. Your first thing that you should be thinking about is what is my brand and figure out where your end goal is. We are executive search firms, retained search firms are such a small piece. As I mentioned to you, a lot of us maybe do 20, 30 searches a year. So think about that from a numbers perspective. And And what I've told people is your client as an executive recruiter is the firm. Correct. Not the people that are looking for yeah. a job. My, yes, my <laughs> clients pay me. So I, that's where they get confused because contingency firms will shop your resume, right? Because they only get paid if you hire them. I'm paid on a retainer base, basis, like a trusted lawyer or an accountant. So I work for the client, not for the job seeker. Right. Okay. That's great to clarify that. Okay. All right. Are you ready for the five rapid fire questions, Sharon? I am. I am. I always love this part. Okay. What are your pet peeves? Well, we talked about it earlier, but um, in terms of job search, I'm going to do it that way. People who forget to say thank you. People who are not clear on their branding, so they haven't prepped. Okay. Next question. What type of learner are you? Definitely visual. Absolutely love seeing photos. And you're such a wonderful and beautiful artist, Andrea. So I'm always admiring your artwork (laughs) and your colors and stuff. Definitely. Okay. And your check is in the mail, Sharon. Okay. Okay. Question number three, introvert or extrovert? There's a big question. (laughs) A big extrovert with a big E. And I get my energy and joy out of people and meeting new people and old friends, etc. Yeah, ditto. Okay. Question number four, communication preference for personal conversations. Depends on the relationship, but I am loving Zoom these days because I've really adjusted and I just, part of it is I really feel now very comfortable with it and I can really feel the emotions, etc. And if you think about it from an executive search, I've had the best fiscal year I've had in a lot, you know, in my search career in the last two years. Yeah. And everything has been done on Zoom, which means I can, and I've successfully closed all my searches, which means that I can obviously assess people very well on Zoom or right. on video. So yeah. therefore, um, I I really love that from a business, but certainly personal on personal relationships i love the in person okay last rapid fire question is there a podcast or a blog or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most lately i'm constantly recommending yours andrea you really actually helped me a lot with job seekers 
And then the other podcast that I've really enjoyed recently is the Jay Shetty one. Because what I found is that he really ties in both the spiritual and the business side. So I've really enjoyed listening to that. Okay. I'll leave a link to those in the show notes. That's great. Thank, Thank you, you for referring all the people to talk about talk, Sharon. Yes. My, no, believe me, I think you're helping me. <laughs> and I don't have to repeat myself. It's almost a standard part of my um, courtesy interviews, to be frank with you. Oh, for I any appreciate job seeker. Yeah. Yes. Is Other there anything amazing. else you want to add in terms of communication skills for job seekers? Things that will help them. Absolutely. Number one, attitude. Be positive. You know, if you do the work, I can almost guarantee you, you will find a job. And obviously, how are you different and positive and unique and relevant for that role? And how do you make money, save money? And how do you solve the problem? Brilliant. You just you just wrote the summary for this podcast episode. Thank you. Thank you're you very so welcome. much, Sharon. I know you're going to help many, many job seekers. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Sharon, you're awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Now, as promised, I'm going to briefly summarize our conversation to identify some of the main learnings. I went through the transcript for us and I pulled out three things to emphasize. The first, where to start. Three things to do when you kick off your job search. The second is one general piece of advice to always keep in mind when you're networking and interviewing. And the third thing is what employers are looking for with job candidates. Okay, first, you're kicking off your job search. What do you do? Number one, according to Sharon, is develop your unique personal brand. Music to my ears. She talks about the significance of articulating your superpower, what makes you remarkable, and what makes you unique. The second thing to do is to identify exactly what you want. Is it a change of culture? Is it more or maybe less responsibility? Is it a change of discipline or in industry? What exactly are you looking for? You need to know this. And then the third thing in terms of kicking off your job search is to update and optimize your LinkedIn profile. Prospective employers will go to LinkedIn first. So, Let your personality show through in your LinkedIn profile. This is less formal than a resume. And ensure the appropriate keywords are there. Be discoverable. Sharon talked about how the open for work headshot frame is effective for more junior people, but perhaps not for senior leaders. And if you're seeking a change, you might want to mention it in your LinkedIn headline and or in the about section. If you want to learn more about optimizing your LinkedIn profile, see Talk About Talk episodes number 101 and number 62. I'll leave links to those in the show notes. Okay, so that's three things to do when you're kicking off your job search. Okay, the second insight that I want to emphasize from my conversation with Sharon is the general piece of advice to keep in mind when you're networking and you're interviewing. Can you guess what it is? It's be respectful. This was a common theme in our conversation. Being respectful, as in being generous, being a giver, not a taker. Being respectful, as in being prepared. Even for informational interviews, as Sharon says, you can Google anything. Don't waste people's time. Being respectful, as in always saying thank you and following up with at least a thank you email. The thank you note is your second chance to emphasize something important. 
That's a great insight. Being respectful means making it easy for people to help you. Sharon highlighted, for example, how you should reduce clicks and avoid attachments. If possible, put whatever you're asking for advice on right in the body of your email. And also make it easy for people by being specific about the type of job you're looking for or about what they can do for you. Okay, and lastly, in terms of being respectful, Sharon says, keep it concise. Chronological resumes are much easier to understand and to read than a functional resume. So keep everything concise, whether it's an email, whether it's a resume, shorter is better. So that's the second insight. Be respectful, of course. The last thing, the third and last point I want to leave you with is that employers hire people who can help them make money, save money, and or solve a problem. What does this mean? This means that if you want to be successful, you should ensure that your resume highlights how you made an impact. Ask yourself, so what after every single line in your CV? The other thing you can do is verbally tell employers directly exactly how you can help them do these three things. How you can help them make money, how you can help them save money, and or how you can help them solve a problem. Okay, got it? Those are the three things. How to kick off your job search, being respectful when you're networking and interviewing, and what employers are looking for. Make money, save money, or solve a problem. And that's it. Thank you again to Sharon for so generously sharing her insights and her energy. You can connect with Sharon on LinkedIn and find links to her two other Talk About Talk podcast episodes focused on networking in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. While you're there, I hope you'll sign up for my communication skills newsletter. It's like getting free communication skills coaching in your inbox once a week. You can sign up easily on the website at talkabouttalk.com. I hope you found some helpful insights in this episode, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and talk soon. Mm-hmm.